Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I don't have any special intentions today, so I encourage you to send those in. That, that way I can stop saying this every time I open it up. It sounds, it, it's almost gotten to be the, a third slogan of the show. I don't have any intentions in the inbox today. Uh, but feel free to send them in to requests at protonmail.com, and I'll be more than happy, delighted in fact, incredibly pleased to share your intentions and to pray for you and, and all of your petitions. As Daily Decade Requests, Decade is D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com for all of your prayer intention and prayer requests. Or if you have any questions or comments on the show, anything of that nature, go ahead and send them in. For today, uh, I'd like to pray, since we, we've talked about priests and the vocations, we've prayed for a variety of different things, but you know, it occurred to me that one of the things that the church really does suffer a crisis from, and this is true not only of the Roman Catholic Church, but a number of other uh, faith communities, it sounds so corporate to say faith communities, and I, I don't want to say that. Uh, but uh, other bodies, other communions uh, have suffered similarly. Now, in some cases, it's their own fault. You put the rainbow flag out front, you might as well take the cross down because that's the message you're sending. If people are there for the cross, they're not there for what they can get from Oprah Winfrey. But uh, in some cases, it's completely different. It's from outside forces. You know, I don't know if anyone who's listening to this has ever attended a church in the industrial heartland of this country, uh, what's called the Rust Belt that stretches from Chicago to Pennsylvania, New York, along the Great Lakes in particular. But the churches there were built by the blood, sweat, and tears of uh, people that came to this country with practically nothing and gave everything they had to the church. And many of those churches have been shuttered. Some of them are empty with uh, maybe one or two older people that still attend. And they're very much a victim of what's happened with the cities that built up, that grew up, the little neighborhoods in the cities that grew up around those churches. And it reminds us at all times that however we feel about our parish, the church that we belong to, the parish that we belong to, is an ephemeral thing if we don't put effort into it. And so it seems appropriate today, since we've prayed for priests and we've prayed for uh, religious vocations, uh, that perhaps we ought to pray for parishes, and just all parishes in general, for their health and their well-being, spiritual and also uh, communal or social, I guess, social health, so that they continue to have people coming and that the people that are coming to the parish are people that understand things properly and believe wholeheartedly in order to keep that particular member of the body of Christ healthy and whole and afloat. So for the intentions of priests, as we prayed for yesterday, uh, and for their strength, obviously, but most of all, for the strength of parishes today, we'll offer our rosary. Now, it almost seems appropriate to say it in Latin, considering what we're praying for. But today is a Tuesday, so we're on an English day, so we'll go ahead and say our rosary in English today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning with this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, Thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of Thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us. Most Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son 
was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John Marie Vianney, as we, we approach thee on behalf of the parishes, for thou in life didst save a parish, one that had fallen far. Intercede before the throne of God on behalf of all suffering parishes, all struggling communities and congregations, that they may come to Christ, see him in his fullness, and that they may hang together and glorify him as members of his body and that if they should fall if their parish should crumble if they should walk away some priest like you St. John be sent to them to breathe once again life into the corpse to animate the bones of the dry valley that they may rise up give praise to God and we ask this along with the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost who liveth and reigneth one God forever and ever Amen for all of us in all our struggles great and small Saint Michael the Archangel defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I must just have St. John Marie Vianney on the mind. That's the second time that I've appealed to him, I think, this week. I, I think, we, did we not appeal to him yesterday? I'm almost certain of it. Anyway, today uh, I had something else on my mind uh, that actually prompted the conversation about parishes. And that's the uh, question of companionship. There's an awful lot out there. We live in such a, a horrible age. There's people that are actually looking for guides on how to make friends. Uh, it's, it strikes me as just... Th th there's a level of absurdity that human beings, the, the, the uh, uh, zoon politicon, is what Aristotle called us. We're, we're social animals. Political animals. This is what he meant. Um, well, social animals is what he meant. Political animals is what he said. We are made to be social with one another, to have society, and not in the vague abstract like we say today when we say we live in a society. No, 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 not, not a society, and not a society, but to have society with one another. This is the purpose for which human beings exist to know, love, and serve God, not necessarily, not as individuals, but through one another together. We have to have, we have to have help from one another. That's why God, when he shaped, even if you read this in the, uh, if you read the Dewey Rames, the translation that, he, that is given is helper. 
that's what refers to the, the wife of Adam. And it's true that, that, that has, there's a lot of commentary to be made there on marriage, of course. But she's the second human being made. Which means there's also a lot to be said about human companionship. And about what it means to be human. To have companionship is human. God in, did not intend for Adam to seek him alone, but with the help of another. In the case of Adam, that, that another happened to be his wife. And our wives, as men and your husbands, as, as women, uh, play a much more important role in your life than perhaps any other companion that you could possibly have or any other friend. But nevertheless, they are, if they are the highest form of companionship, they are still only a form of companionship. We are meant to have society with one another. Human beings are meant to multiply and subdue the earth. You cannot do that if everyone is working only towards their own end. And Christians in particular are people who require a community. Christianity requires a body of members to flourish and they must participate with one another. The, we are reminded constantly by the renovationists that liturgy, the root of liturgy, comes from the Greek litos, meaning people, uh, or light, I think it's lidos. Is the, is the Greek. Uh, that might be the Koine. I don't know what the original Attic is. But uh, <laughs> you know the Greek is very old because it's all in the Attic. <laughs> no one is going to find that joke funny except for one or two language nerds that happen to be listening in. Uh, at any rate, they say that the root of the word is the people, and so they try to translate it as the work of the people. Well, now we know that that's not true because we know that the mass is a replication of the and a, commem a commemoration, replication, and participation in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. The only person that's doing any work is Christ. The rest of us are all. I hate to say that we're along for the ride, but. Uh, we are there to share in, assist with, and participate in the sacrifice and work that Christ is doing in the person of the priest. It is not a work of the people. Uh, that's just faulty. That's manipulation of language to get a, uh, a different conclusion. But the root of the word liturgy being people, that's, that is true. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means the participation of the people. It means that Christ is not worshipped by individuals alienated from one another, but rather wherever two or three are gathered, there is he also. And so companionship and friendship are essential parts of the faith. That's the point of all of what I'm getting at. And that brings us to the question of, okay, well, then what's happening now? where we have people going out trying to study how to have friends, where people seem to have more contact with Christians online who are really... If you have friends that are online, they may be wonderful people. I'm sure that they are. I have a lot of people that I contact and speak with online that I only know through Internet interactions. But I know, and they know this too, until there's a physical meeting of the two of you, 
You remain theoretical to one another. You're not really real. And there's a lot of postmodern philosophy that could be gone into about what, how, what makes a friendship real, what makes another human being real, what makes them theoretical, and, and all of that. I'm not about to launch into a lot of the word games and sort of babbling nonsense that make up modern philosophy. But the point remains that while there's a lot of possibility in an online friendship, I have two of my best friends in the world. In fact, my, my best friend, aside from my wife, uh, was someone who I met on the internet, on a, just on a message board. And we decided, well, you know, we've got a lot in common here. Let's, uh, let's, let's meet up. Let's go grab drinks. Let's, you know, let's do something. And, and we did. And we've been like brothers ever since. And uh, that's just a, that, that's an example of how the potential, the possibility of your online interactions can actually blossom forth into real friendship. But it can also do a lot of damage to real friendship. This is something that you encounter all the time when it comes to religion on the internet. So many people belong to the, par the great parish of the internet. That's where their companions are. That's where the priests are that they listen to. Uh, that's, they don't have any interactions, really, in their own parish aside from their priest and confession. Instead, they belong to this great parish of the Internet. Well, the problem with that parish is that it's a potential parish. It's a possibility, but it's not real. There's no actual gathering of people. And we know that the church teaches... The church could teach about televised masses because there was a time when they started to, they started to introduce that the minute television came around... You could broadcast. They they tried to broadcast masses on it, and the question arose, and it's in the Baltimore Catechism. Well, if I stay in my living room and I do everything I'm supposed to do in terms of posture and motion-wise, if I get dressed up, and I watch the mass live on TV, am I attending mass and keeping my Sunday obligation? And the answer is no. And the reason why the answer is no is because you have to be physically present at the Mass, because we are not Gnostics, we're not dualists, we don't believe that the body and the soul exist in pure separation from one another, and that you can attend something in spirit that you're not going to be at, at body, be at in body. In order to participate in the sacrifice of the Mass, because it is a joining of body and soul, because it is a liberation and a preparation for the general resurrection, which will be of body and soul. Necessarily, you have to be there physically. And the same thing is true of the companionship that's formed in a parish. My way of seeing it, anyway, is if you're not physically there, you can be spiritually together with a bunch of other people. Usually, though, you're more intellectually together with them. It's the spirit doesn't enter into it. But unless you're actually physically present together in the same parish and share the same participation together in assisting at the Holy Mass, unless you're following the leadership of a single priest physically in a place in the worship of Christ, which is the primary focus of our faith, we are here to know, love, and serve God. 
where there is no higher service that can be given to God than participation and assistance in the Holy Eucharist, which is the zenith of our entire faith. Unless you're there physically with those people, you're not really with those people, spiritually speaking. And so it's incredibly important to cultivate a membership in a parish. And oftentimes, the reason why it's so important actually has less to do with the companionship that it will form. If you have friends online, you know how to make friends. It has more to do with the fact that, well, parishes are made up of a lot of different people that are all part of the same general community. Some of those people are... They're people you don't want to be around <laughs> at all. And it offers you an opportunity for a practice of humility. Because you have to, in order to make friends with someone, in order to be a companion to someone, you do need to draw back a part of yourself in order to make room for that person's imposing on your life. Even people that we know and love. My wife imposes on me terribly. So do my children. I, it doesn't make me unhappy. I'm very happy for them to impose on me. I enjoy it. I love them. And they've been given to me by God. And sometimes we enjoy the other's imposition on our lives. Sometimes we don't. But other people always impose on us. That's why, that's why the atheist Sartre or, or Sartre, or however you pronounce his name, uh, could say hell is other people. Well, why is hell other people? Because he could not find the humility necessary to make those other people and the imposition that they put on his life a source of grace. He could only see it as a source of pain. And that's why he's, that's why he's in hell. If hell is other people, I'm, I'm sure that John Paul Sartre is damned. Uh, there's a number of reasons why I'm fairly certain he's damned. Now, of course, you can't say anything like that with certainty. There's only one person we know is in hell, and that's Judas. But uh, you roll the dice on, on Sartre, and really, any Frenchman after, the, after 1789 who's writing philosophy, I think you're, you roll the dice on them, and chances are they're probably damned themselves. Sartre's a wonderful example of precisely this problem that all of every single one of us on the internet who doesn't have any real life companions or friends we are all Jean-Paul Sartre because we have made of other people a hell that they need not be people who we don't want to have association with, who we don't want to impose on our lives, they're a source of tremendous grace. They could be the source of salvation. And people who are like us, who we enjoy having them impose on our lives, well, they're, they're a source of tremendous worldly consolation. Our participation in our parishes, therefore, and our companionship are, serve a lot of different purposes, but most of all, they help us to be more human. And in helping us to be more human, they draw us closer to God. That's ultimately the goal, of course. You can't be truly human until you've transfigured your humanity through Christ, and Christ is the only one that can accomplish that. And that's what we mean when we say true humanity. 
only Christians are truly human because only Christians have Christ and Christ is the only one that can transfigure us now many of us are not truly human yet because we have not achieved transfiguration perhaps I should say only the Saints are truly human and all of the Saints are Christian all of the Saints are well they belong to a very specific church they belong to the church founded by Jesus Christ the rest of us well what draws us closer to our humanity is good companionship of fellow Christians that's why Paul says to avoid certain people if you keep companion with sinners and evildoers it's one thing to go forth and to convert them it's another thing to call them your friends and to make no effort to change them at all the wicked will inevitably draw you down into the pit that's why St. Paul says look you have companions and friends that act this way just cut them off there's there's no there's no reason to, to maintain those friendships if all they're going to do is affect your own damnation besides you've got other people over here that will save you or help you to be saved Christ alone will save but you know what I mean even st. Paul says the companionship how you have to be picky about it but nevertheless the companionship clearly has an impact on your spiritual life and that's another thing that Christian companionship accomplishes it gives you accountability none of us can be accountable to ourselves this goes back to something we spoke about earlier about Christ the physician we have to rely on him or it was it was perfecting weakness and strength that's what we were talking about it must have been a week or two weeks ago that I, that we talked about this we recognize our weakness and only when we recognize our weakness can we tap into the strength of Christ well the same thing is true that if we are trying to affect our own salvation on our own well we're very, that's, at that point, you're very close to Pelagianism. Even if you're relying on Christ solely, if you're doing it all by yourself, without any exterior accountability, you're, in essence, you're walking very, very close to what Pelagius was doing. Now, with the help of other people in your parish, you can have outside accountability that you have no control over. Some people can keep you accountable in ways that make you very unhappy and very uncomfortable. <laughs> and there are people like that out there. But they can be a source of great grace. And that's really the benefit that's there. And of course you can have close friends too that keep you accountable. You check in on one another. Through Christ, the bonds of friendship are strengthened. And both of you can sort of walk each other along and especially when it comes to men and male friendship that means that we're bringing our entire families along with us every time you lift a man up every time a man lifts you up as a companion and as a friend to make you a better Christian he's lifting your he's helping you lift your whole family up and this brings us back to that human that humanity of the community of the of society having society with one another the family is a closer society than any other that exists 
And a man, whatever his spiritual state, his family will reflect that. And so we bear each other up and bear each other's burdens and lift each other up and keep each other accountable. We're not just helping one another as individuals. One family bears up another family. One tribe bears up another tribe. And it strengthens the, the togetherness of the, uh, of the parish. It also strengthens the togetherness of the entire... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for to, to describe this? Uh, the, the whole of the, of the national community. Now, in the United States, it's a little hard. We have, we are, we're a nation of... Ex we're not a nation. It's not a nation. America is a land populated entirely by exiles. And the result of that is that we don't really have nationality. So we have individual communities that give rise to nationality, but we're in that sort of proto-national phase and have been forever. But it's only through the church. The Franks only became what they became because of the baptism of Clovis. Charlemagne was impossible without the church. And Charlemagne is called the father of Europe for a reason. Well, he's the father of Europe because of his relationship with the church. Belloc said that Europe is the faith, and the faith is Europe. Well, Belloc was a European. He could say that. We, as individuals, as families, as tribes, as nations, as races, are transfigured by Christ and made perfect in him. But everything above the individual can only be transfigured through companionship. And so, my prayer today is that the fire of love and the sacred heart of Jesus will inflame our hearts and that we will be given the strength to bear with others that we struggle to bear with and given the the opportunity to be borne by others for whom we are difficult to bear with. That we will share friendships and companionship in our parishes and they be strengthened and as a result all of our communities grow stronger in Christ and draw us all individually and as groups nearer to the throne of God where we will be one body with Christ as the head in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen